Hi, everybody, and welcome to Table Talk. This is a Dice Night podcast. I'm your host, and sometimes called the world's OKSDM, DM, Casey Cool. With me tonight is the producer, all around cool guy, Dan Munoz, our Nat One Fun. Hi, Dan. Hey, how's it going? It's going really good. I want to first thank you for being the very first guest ever on Ooh, Table that's Talk. Special. That's I feel. <laughs> I feel obligated to like you know make sure that this is going to be like the best talk show ever. I was really curious if Unhinged Dan from Twitter was going to come on. Uh, Hold on, was that was a day ago. That was, you missed you missed it by one day. Okay, I was just you know I didn't know maybe commit to the bit. You know that's just <laughs> this is just who you are now. Yeah. Um, and actually, we just really want to talk about Fishblade. I think that's oh. what we should talk about. <laughs> what a meme, right? That was epic. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and also, Fishblade is not a joke. Uh, it's a serious ordeal. Serious. Yes, business. right, right. Serious. And... Super serial. Uh, I honestly, I'm just waiting for all the, um, the epic, like, uh, takes on it that actually become games like people are actually playing. I, I want to see those. I'm a huge One Piece fan. So in my mind, I was thinking already, I want to be a whale shark guy and yeah. I'm a monk. Yeah, I was, there's a, I give me a nautical theme tabletop role playing game. I'm all for it. I'm all for all sorts of games these days. Well, uh, Dan, so you are a professional GM. Yes. Now you you work for Star. You run out of Start playing games, right? That's the company. With, yeah. So um, I, mean, I yeah. I if if I run a game online, it's usually through StartPlaying.games. Uh, I found them, I think, like a year ago or something around that time. Yeah. I got a really slow start with them, uh, but uh, being able to speak with the creators uh, of the website and everything like that, and also the a lot of employees and stuff, they kind of. Hey, you know, you should try out this website. And I'm like, sure, sure. Let me let me check it out. And uh, lo and behold, I, I I end up going and start running games through there. And it's really it's really nice, really easy, really uh, I guess I guess secure and safe for like the players uh, yeah. when it comes to payments and stuff like that. Um, yeah, no, it's a really great platform for paid uh, dungeon mastering. Well, it's uh, so or... cool that that's a thing. Also, yeah. you can be, oh, I want to play d and I want to try d and I think a lot of people get really apprehensive because they can find the game or any tabletop game really cumbersome. Yeah. And you offer a service. It's just fun. It's like, it's, you're, it's like going to a movie. It's cool. It's an experience. And you can review GMs. Linda, the Gamer Gals in chat. Hi, Linda. And I do like that. You got a little bit of Uber. I, I wonder, on your end, can you rate players secretly and be like, do not play <laughs> honestly i i know you can mute players and block players uh yeah. but i don't know if you can rate them i may, maybe you can i haven't just i just haven't explored that portion of right. it i'm um, sure you've had some pretty nice experiences right no oh, unhinged had, players no i haven't had any unhinged players <laughs> yet no no you know and what's really good about start playing too and and i guess my general take on professional gming is that mm -hmm. i set a pretty good precedence right out the gate um i do i don't Oh, I don't have this is my my me personally. I don't just open my games to anyone. I what I do is I basically open my games uh to allow people to apply for them. Uh yeah. and then once they apply for them, I kind of hold a like one-on-one. -on -one. Like I, I get to talk to them a little bit. Right. Um it's not necessarily a session zero, it's more along the lines of clarifying my expectations. Um and also wondering exactly what their expectations of the game are um, right. and then once once we go through that then it's like okay i believe you could fit well with like the people i've already gathered and stuff like that and then i will accept them into the game and then from there we still even we have many more steps before the game even starts so i'm running session building yeah, characters exactly. i yeah. i'm a teacher by trade but i run the D, D club at my school oh that's perfect. and so and it's so popular i do it three days with three different groups it's really fun but it's a lot of Okay, let's teach the. I need to teach you what stats mean. To, like tomorrow, they're doing skill checks. So I'm sure it's kind. Of, you you kind of have to be a teacher, right? In a oh, way. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was in the I was in the military for ten years, and, okay. and four and a half of those years, I was a teacher. I was an instructor for my oh, job. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I feel like people like you are a rules guy then, and that's why you <laughs> like DMing because I'm a rules guy and I like structure and I want things to be a certain way. Yeah, so I guess the way I, I imagine rules or the way I look at rules when it comes to D&D is, uh, or any tabletop game, this is just kind of like my way of yeah. game mastering, 
is I love to think of them uh, as like the skeletal structure of the the game. Um, but really the things that make the game move and go are like the muscles. And I consider uh, the players to be the muscles of the game. So if they want to do something that's not necessarily what the bones want to do, well, the bones are there just in case, but you can always move that muscle however you want. That bone's going to go along with you. So to me, I think GMing is really fun if you take those rules and just use them with a grain of salt sometimes and go with what you believe is the most fun in the moment. But right. knowing those rules is important because you need to know how to handle a situation if something comes up that you're not exactly sure. Consequences need to be real, but rule of cool is always a fun one to abide. Oh, 100%. And so wait, how did you start playing D&D? Oh, man. Um, so... I mean, I guess it's funny because I I started playing when I was, I think, 14 years old. Um, and I, my my buddy had invited me over to his his house. And it was just his brother, who was, I think, like two or three years older than us. And then my friend and I and my, his brother was the GM. Um, and we started playing, but I didn't know what we were doing. They just were like, hey, we're going to play this role playing game. And I'm like, cool. Um, we ended up playing for like two years. Um, but the <laughs> thing is, is, isn't that the meme? Right. You know, start a one shot turns into a five year campaign. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is, I have no idea what we actually played because back then I, I didn't have a player's handbook. I didn't right. know that there was a dungeon master guide. I was handed a character sheet and some dice, and that was the game. So I don't know what I played. I assume I played Dungeons and Dragons, uh, but. Who knows? Um, I do remember making a bard. That's all I remember. <laughs> uh, anyways, cut to uh, we played sporadically throughout the years. Um, I I went from Dungeons and Dragons to I played a little bit of Dungeon World with with some friends who were interested in that. And then I kind of got cut off from TTRPGs for a while. And then about five, five or six years ago, um, I picked it up pretty, pretty often. Uh, I started playing uh, actually like in-person games. Yeah. Um, and then I, I ventured into my first foray into online playing, uh, right around when critical role was starting to really, really pick up. Uh, -huh. um, and my first ever campaign that I GM'd was tomb of annihilation. Um, and it was with a group that we, we, we called ourselves the critters versus the tomb of annihilation because I found the group from a Critical Role fan page on, uh, on uh, Facebook. That's cool. <laughs> that's how that worked. So I got it. Okay, so you've been playing for 15 years. You played some amalgamation of D&D, kid rules, right? But just fun because yeah. you're playing yeah. for two years. Wit, for you, how, how many games now do you play? Like, like on a weekly per, basis? On a weekly basis, yeah. On a weekly basis, I think I play four or five. Okay. Yeah. And how... So... Are some of those just for love of the game kind of thing? Like one one of them is an absolute like, like friends only like yeah. you know you have to right secret game. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's just one of those where, you know, if if for me at least, if I don't do something like this, I think I don't ever want Dungeons and Dragons or or, or TTRPGs to become a job. Um, it's still a hobby. Yeah, uh, and I fell in love with it because it's a hobby, and because of that, I feel like maybe like once a week, maybe once every couple weeks, hell, once a month, to just dive into back into the hobby for what it is, where where you found that love, instead of just like trying to you know please other people to make sure that right. they keep coming back. Right. The I think that's got to be it. People that play at your clip have to play so much, and there's got to be that one that's extra special. How how big is that private group? How how what's your what's your ideal table size? Oh, Talk what's my ideal table size? Yeah. Oh man, I I would say probably four players. I think four players is pretty intimate. That's enough. the sweet spot, I think. Yeah, too. it's pretty intimate. Like you can you get a lot of time with each player, um, you know, and and you get to really dive into each each encounter because everybody gets a a turn pretty often, or or you know often enough to where people don't lose interest. Um, you know, it's when you start getting to like six and seven players and stuff like that, eight players, you know, then it's like, then you're running a table quick and you have to really run through 
uh, everything. And then the combat encounters kind of get a little bit more difficult too, uh, right. because you're having to really get that action economy down and make right. sure that everybody is getting a turn, make sure that enemies are threatening, not just to one person, but to the whole group. There's not really as much description either. You can't give them a cool, gory detail. You shoot the arrow. Every... Oh, what'd you roll? 12? Okay, damage. Good. Okay, moving on. It's more kind of like, yeah, okay. You try, you try. You, you try, try still, but yeah, right. you're absolutely right. You, you, you can't, can't really take if, that time. Unless you have 12 hours, you know? <laughs> I feel like, but that's the other thing too. How long do your sessions usually run when you play a game? So professionally, my games usually run about three to four hours. Okay. I try to make sure that you get decent content in, uh, it's not too short. You're not getting, you know, you're not getting uh, screwed over by paying too much yeah. for too little time, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but also, you're not running an eight-hour session. So, right. right. I my professionally, I run about three to four hours. Now, in my own games and stuff like that, or like games on the side, I can run anywhere between six to eight hours. Just you know, between friends, like we basically cut out a whole day just to be like, we're gonna hang out, we're gonna play, we're yeah. gonna, we can. But the thing is, is when you're playing with friends and stuff like that, you're not always playing. You could always right. you could be like, you could break for food or you can chat for a little bit or play, you can play a video fun. game really quick. Do something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a hang. That's the other thing it too. Is. And with the hang, it's the bounce. Cause I, my one friend, we, so my darkest secret, I had never played a game in person and it makes Ooh. me so sad. And I, so I started this campaign with my buddies uh, uh, about a year and a half ago. And the goal is when we do the final part, because the story arc's been going, that we're going to do the, the final session for that in game. But we do the show, so we have, a, we have a couple games running, and I'm doing Icewind Dale with them. Your Icewind Dale music that you put on your YouTube page is killer, by the way. Oh, thanks. And I'm glad I you like resources. it. Yeah. That, well, that is actually custom-made music for our campaign by uh, an incredible composer uh, called Ma uh, named Makeshift. Uh, you can find him uh well i mean if you go to if you go to any of those songs you can find them in the description yeah um but uh I, I mean i bless the stars every day because uh makeshift after he actually found us uh oh cool during while we were doing an actual play and he he was like hey man if you ever need music or something like that let me know i'm like yeah sure i'll hit you up so i, I hit him up once and we ended up making like a whole album together man. I need I need a music man in my life. Uh, that's so rad because I've been dealing with like copy free stuff or copyright free and just yeah. trying to find things that set. It's been interesting, and uh, so that with your games, how regular the is it the ones that are ever they're weekly or your personal session is that like a bi monthly? So thing? yeah, personal session it runs once every couple of weeks, um, and then the uh, the paid games they run weekly I, I do those every week but yeah I have, so i have three of those that i run uh on what is it uh tuesday thursday friday and then uh and then my own at home game we play on sundays yeah yeah and then you've been doing some side projects i know you're talking about playing yeah. other games i saw you with johnny stanton former yeah browns fullback was he is he dming that project he is yeah. he is this is his first foray into dming for for uh for a table and uh uh, no, no spoilers or anything, yeah. but he absolutely freaking killed it. He did a great job. I mean, everybody was on, yeah. on, on he, pins and needles. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. I really like the coverage that ESPN and Sports Illustrated did on him. Oh, I thought that, that was video really cool. was so cool, wasn't it? Yeah, I wanted to make my fantasy team that logo and be Dungeons and Drag Hooks this year. I was really <laughs> close to it. Uh, but with that game, I don't want. I obviously can't spoil. Uh, can you say what you're playing? Well, actually, I, 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 as much as I would love to say that I'm playing in that game, I unfortunately am not playing it. I'm actually producing and editing the game. Oh, so I'm doing behind the scenes work on that game versus in in the actual campaign. Okay, okay, uh, okay. yeah. So even though you might have seen me in screenshots and stuff like that, I'm on screen, but I'm not actually on the stream. So, so that way, he he can just DM and someone can run the camera. That's that literally, stuff. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's, it's all like a show. Yeah. yeah, it's. We yeah, I, I do all I, the tech production for it. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, okay, okay. That's yeah. I'm curious. I've been seeing the screenshots, and I can only imagine there's some big people in that name. That's cool. <laughs> Man, that last screenshot where everybody's cracking up. Yeah. I cannot wait for people to watch that scene. He's got the I deadpan was... face too. <laughs> he's, he's got like the. I, I. Every DM's had that face where your group does something <laughs> so dumb, and you have to just sit there and take it on the chin and be like, you. He finds you attractive. Like you wrote whatever. It's usually a bard trying to seduce something. Um, do you, when's that project premiere? Uh, 
Uh, so, well, hopefully, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. We're looking for like uh, an early February release. Um, it's, I think it's, we're, we're also looking to be releasing on Mondays. So uh, early February, Mondays, uh, not 100,000% solidified just yet, but that's yeah. what we're looking at right now. Yeah, yeah. Things come up. Yep. Our whole thing was getting that session one. We kept pushing it back because someone there was a family issue or uh, someone in, uh, in their family got ill. So we're like, we're just going to get the game with everybody's ready. When it's time, it's time. You know, that's the big thing. Yeah. Scheduling is the true killer of D&D. Oh, yeah. I don't know how many times you see that meme. The scheduling is the true BBEG. It, yeah. I, all the time. And it's the truth. Yep, it I, is. Uh, I had a my very first group that's what killed it because someone moved to germany and so our clocks were way it's, off it's it's adult gaming you know when, and yeah. when you're when you play when you're a kid and you just have like 30 hours in a day to just to play do whatever and do whatever you want with no responsibilities like that was the life yeah uh, you know now you got kids and you got you got family you mm -hmm. got jobs if you you know if you don't do this for a living so it's like there's so many things you have to schedule around and everything like that, that it makes it like you're dodging a minefield in order to get a game in. For sure. You're a dad too. So you balance yeah. that. Your oldest is a teenager. Do you play D&D &D with them yet? Wait, have, how many have, have they asked? Are they like, give me the <laughs> dice? Is it? Oh, uh, so I have three, three children. Uh, one is uh, the youngest is two years old. Then I have a four year old and a 14 year old. So um the four-year-old the two-year-old is is obviously just two so yeah. he the, the most he does is probably grab a, a dice that we're messing with and just like huck it across huck the it. room look how far um, through this dad yeah exactly <laughs> uh we do have a pretty cool little plush d20 that he plays with a lot love it but um no the four-year-old uh we have introduced her in uh like to i guess the world of like adventuring yeah. slash like fantasy and stuff like that so she like knows what like a ranger is and she knows what a druid is and stuff like that um but she hasn't played it but i will say this i just received a lot of uh amazing uh stuff and, and a project called uh what is it color me color my RPG. The coloring book the coloring book that you got yes. i saw that too i really want to get a copy because my four-year-old daughter would love that color my rpg i think yeah. is what it's called here but yes um i like literally if i could promote for one thing in my life no it's honestly it's uh it's incredible because it's like a series of books uh so there's yeah. some books that are for learning like uh like it teaches them to write and some of them have like different characters for the letters and stuff like that um but there is color my quest i believe is what it's called yes color my quest. i have it right here um, um so yes uh yeah that's what it is color my quest yeah uh, and I was eyeing it. I was my I was gonna uh, pay into it, but my wife gets really mad when she sees random Kickstarter. Or <laughs> oh no! Yeah, you gotta be careful. Go, oh yeah! You dive in that about hole. That. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Got to say it. So, color my quest is a really great uh, concept uh, because it allows for extremely young children, four, five, six years old, or whatever, to actually play a TTRPG. Um, so yes. not only are you coloring these coloring books, but there are actual sections where right. you can make characters and like have them imagine what would be happening and stuff like that. And there are rules Man. and there are like outlines and stuff right. like that, how to teach your kids how to play. It's incredible. This, I am going to actually kick drop to this uh, later because this would be perfect. I want to get a copy for my classroom for my. Oh, yeah. Club. Oh, that'd be great. Because the map part, especially because when you just let the kids, kids are naturally their imagination super inventive can come up with things on the fly very creative i want to see what kind of worlds they build and how they start playing out their little maps because i have a bunch of pathfinder maps and i'll let them play through that and they just make up sequences and stories and get going they don't really care about their friend's backstory or things like that <laughs> yeah no i uh what, yeah when we're talking about a four-year-old you're lucky this. to you're lucky to have their attention for more than like five seconds right so, right right um, you got to be like you know, you, you can color this while I talk or something like that. Or, mm -hmm. you know, if I'm if you 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 kind of you have to engage engage them constantly. And that's what this allows you to do. It really it, I you know, looking over it and stuff like that, it, it's super engaging and, and fun. Yeah. Um, And then I, I guess uh, moving on to like my 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 older oldest daughter, um, she's played two uh, two games. Uh, One, she's played D&D, &D, obviously, okay. Um, but she's also played uh, the one ring, um, the Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh cool. yeah we played uh the one ring together and she really enjoyed that that was fun uh we all played a group of dwarves 
Um, and then, uh, yeah, so like I think we played uh, Salt Marsh, a game from uh, D and D, one of the little Salt Marsh yeah, one of the mini first, adventures. Yeah, one of the the first modules, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Goes to Salt I, Marsh. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, I'm looking. My son's seven, and he's really into it. I got him the D and D books that talk about classes, the four book series where it's the monsters and wizards, and he's read those. He wants to be a dragonborn paladin. He's already <laughs> got it set. I said, okay. We'll do it. We will do it. But I just I need to figure out if they do it two little friends or something there. But I, I'm I see that like oh a family game would be really fun. So but is your friend game different? Is that separate from your family game? The your oh yeah absolutely no family <laughs> games usually only last like you know the one time or whatever. Yeah. Or if you know if we want to play, it's usually just one one night uh, of, of gaming, kind of like a board game night. But we don't yeah. ever like return to the same story. We try to come up with new stuff every time. Oh, cool. I don't know if it's just more engaging for my kid like that, but I feel like every time we do that, she gets to create new stuff. Right. And she enjoys she enjoys creating this stuff. Um, the character is some of the best part, you know. Yeah, and it then, really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, no, at home game though, we we yeah, we we play separate from family. There you go. Do you and your pals? Yeah, just a couple buddies. Yeah, yeah. I, that's how sometimes we that's how dice night got its name because we were like oh it's dice night day sorry honey i got dice night tonight because we just want to throw dice you yep. know yeah so it's funny that i there's all these other tabletops that are out there my first was pathfinder that was the first tabletop i was exposed to when i was like in my mid-20s nice. and then i was just waiting for someone to invite me to a D game because i was told you can't ask to be in a D game because it's super rude and i don't know if that's true i think people you need to ask closed mouths don't get fed if you want to play ask somebody absolutely and that for me was i had my one friend he moved uh sean he's in the group he's like hey we're doing a game I'm like yes before <laughs> you know I, um, um, and everybody loves their, what was your first, do you remember your class, your first class, what's your or first class? I like, you know, Ted Lasso. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, first concert, best concert, uh, more so first class, favorite class. So first class I ever played, uh, I was a bard. Um, and right, I stuck, that. right. yeah, I stuck with bard for years. Um, so if you, if anybody plays with me, if everybody, anybody gets to play with me at any point, um, you'll know that I like to play like utility characters. Uh, I'm, Support. I'm only useful out of combat, essentially. <laughs> uh, so, or, or, you know, I like to think outside the box during combat versus like attack the guy uh, right. or whatever it is. Um, so uh, I love playing Bard because I love supporting my, my, my other, you know, uh, players and stuff like that. I always try to boost their powers or, you know, help them in any way. Um, but recently i have swapped from bard being my favorite uh class to uh artificer oh uh i have just like this deep love for artificer and it took me a while to understand why because i've always loved bard but the reason i love artificer so much is because of the ability to flavor all your spells from being these just like pew pew magic shoots out of my fingers because sorcery right um into how could i scientifically explain fire flying out of my fingertips either through potions or mechanisms or you know technology whatever it might be like you create those instances and you get to literally just rewrite the whole book and I think that's my favorite part is being able to rewrite the entire book. You don't rewrite the mechanics, but you rewrite how they happen and, and what they look like. No, Dan and chat. No, Dan, no bard. Bard rule. They want you to stick with the bard life. Yeah, artificers <laughs> artificers are a hard class to play, too. The, the they they are. They're, I mean, I would say, yeah, for, for sure. It's a more advanced class. Yeah. But I mean, when you when you play for 20 years, you know. Right. For you, you're like, oh, exciting. Right. I can I, let <laughs> yeah. me see how I can. It's it becomes when you play more how or when you DM more. How can I break the game or how can I push the game to really as far as I go? Yeah, for me, I, I'm a, I get flack for this. I'm a ranger man. I, that was my first. Oh, class. you know what's you know what my one of my best friends, one of my best friends, he is like ranger. Like he, the thing is, is he 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 plays characters, and I guess this is a hit against rangers, but not 
also because like he loves them, but he plays characters that are kind of like normal, average, everyday Joes. Yeah. So he likes to play like a human. He likes to right. play a ranger oh. and everything like that because he likes to get thrown into a world of fantasy as just like a normal guy trying to survive in right. that in that world. Yes, he has a little bit of magic and yes, he can do extraordinary things, but you don't get to do you don't get to turn into, you know, this or you don't get to, you know, shoot those big old fall of flaming balls of, you know, it's it's that kind of stuff. Right. For me, I uh, there's a book series I love called Ranger's Apprentice, but I like to play a more stealthy and a little bit kind of Rambo. And it's also the animal companion. Like if you see oh, my yeah. loyal pet here, sure. over here by me, because I'm, I'm <laughs> uh, the, the running gag chicken, is that? Nah, that's my golden retriever. That's Millie. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's her bed. Adorable. Um, and someone, it's my favorite when someone comes in chat goes, oh, you need to make your bed. I go, first off, that's the dog's bed. And <laughs> she needs to learn to make it herself. Uh, but she's my loyal steed. I've been wanting to play, I had this concept. Some As a DM, do you ever just write down a character and be like, man, I hope I get to play this someday. That's, oh, that's my I, thing all the time. I, you know, before, before uh, like all the digital like um, character sheets and everything like that, uh, I had like a stack uh, uh, of character sheets in a notebook that just had random characters that I would just think of like, on, like, man, would this would be, this would be fun or this would be funny. Yeah. Look at this funny thing. Yeah. Or like, Oh, what if Same. I did this? I have a running thing on my, like in, on my phone notes that I want to make YouTube shorts of called classes. I'll never get to play. <laughs> and uh, the Ranger, I had this idea for this, the Drake warden Ranger, but it's, it's to Turner and Hooch. Okay. Like he doesn't want the dragon, but he has to befriend the dragon kind of thing. Yeah. You know, the yep. those buddy cop dog movies. Mm -hmm. I want that storyline. That's it. Um, me and Tom, be Tom Hanks. Uh, it's, that's the thing. I think that as a D, I, it's hard because you play the game so much, but you, when you get really bit by D and D, you think about it a lot. Like when you're walking or doing stuff oh, like, yeah. Yeah. What are your favorite D and D podcasts or other dnd shows that you like to watch and take in i well uh i mean unfortunately days like today i i don't have time necessarily yeah. to really sit down and listen to podcasts like i used to um i have i've listened to plenty uh of them like in the past yeah. but um i mean to be honest my my foray my my jump into the uh the professional side of things was pretty quick and then when that happened all all that kind of watching and stuff like that right. jumped down um but i mean it started with uh critical role yeah. uh dimension 20 dimension um, 20 is great i'm also a huge fan of dungeons and daddies yeah um, they're great they're they're hilarious freddie Wong uh, kills it yeah i got um, a um uh i have a friend who does uh, another um podcast that has uh, a i think close to six trillion episodes i can't remember it's somewhere give or take there's a lot of episodes yeah uh anyways she she has this uh the show called backwater bastards um mm. and it is a sci-fi space western nah, yeah you, western you could call it yeah it's like a off the wall space show like cool uh think spell jammer with like and it's a completely uh original system that they came up with too it has no other it's not actually uh like a d20 system or whatever it might be um so yeah anyways i i backwater bastards is great um i don't know there's 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 a lot but honestly those are the only ones that i can just remember off the spot and the thing is, is again i don't listen to a right. lot of them unfortunately uh again my my free time usually gets taken up by either like a video game or spending time or with children. my family. Oh, you're a gamer too. Yeah. That, that's the thing too. I just, it's for me, it's the dog walks because Goldens do need, if you need get a lot the, of the, attention, if they, if you get the sporting kind, like I did by accident, I want <laughs> one of the big the fat sport editions. Yeah. They're, well, they're bird dogs, right? So she gets yeah. a three mile walk every day. So it's nice. Like I do, it's my oh, morning workout. Yeah. And so, but for me that's and then sometimes i'm like i need to quit listening because then i start thinking about my like things i want to do campaign story-wise and pull from them i've gotten a lot of philosophy from them too and i think over time you get philosophy like how you run a table uh i think i think for like newer players session zeros are super important oh, and absolutely. then a clear house what are some house rules you love 
what are some house rules that you run? So, you know, it's funny because I always say I don't really that really run that many house rules. But when I get into it, I'm like, I guess I kind of do run a few. If you run more than five, you run. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I yeah. think it's like around there. Anyways, yeah, that's um, good. pretty close to it. Anyways, uh, a lot of them come at the very beginning of the game. So like house rule one is um, if you roll superhero stats, uh, because like I usually want my care my players to roll their stats yeah uh, that's normally how i do things at least the, roll the four sixes take the best three yeah exactly yeah. um so if if they roll like superhero stats and they've got like three 18s a 15 and a 16 and, and 17 or something like that and it's just like off the wall superhero uh they can completely re-roll their uh their stat block if they wish um again i'm a fan of like challenge you know somebody right. if if they if if they roll, then it's like, oh, crud, that's kind of like not that great. Right, your uh, average you know? is a 60, not good. Right, so if you're looking at, at stats where it's like the lowest stat is a plus three, then it's like, n come on, let's let's work these around to where we can get something going to make it, right. I guess, more story fun. It's not um, fun when y your character can do everybody's job. Yes, exactly. Uh, and, and that's where uh, I think a a a dump stat is is pretty important in in dungeons and dragons yeah. um because to me on a character building i guess uh on a, on a character building's point of view if you have a low stat in something you can build your character around that right thing. so if you have that low stat in uh intelligence then you have like a not so smart character right uh they make not so smart decisions during the game right or it if... helps with the storytelling exactly like, double down. you're they you know they're, they're the reason when you do a character description strength and flaws people people glance over the flaws the flaws are sometimes the best part of your character <laughs> right and... that's what makes us characters is yeah those flaws. yeah i tell my students it's okay to be bad at something in this game and double down on it. Like, if you're a barbarian, do you need to be the smartest? No, you might just want to be smash. Right. And, yep. uh, and I love subverting expectations too. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love, uh, I I've run a game before where my barbarian used intelligence as their rage modifier and oh. all their, their modifiers and stuff like that because they wanted to have a smart barbarian. And okay. so they, uh, they were able to, they basically, lowered their strength, gave it intelligence and stuff like that. Obviously, they kind of looked a little bit, they wanted to still look strong or whatever, right. but the, mechanically, the way it worked and how they role-played it, it was their character was smart. Right. Um, and instead of using rage, like, raw rage, it was more of a calculated, like, Sherlock Holmes, know exactly what the fight is and everything like that. And so their moves much like a battle master or something like that. Like or, a reptilian like a brain. Yeah. Right. They were able to foresee moves coming and get those bonuses to attacks and stuff like that. That would be a great subclass. Some type of, you know, the monks have the astral fist, right? Like some type of psycho psychic power that yeah. you use a psychic yeah. barbarian. That'd be yeah. red. Right in that. Well, down. you got like what you got like strength fight or you got strength fighter and you got dex fighter, right? Right, right. I think it would be cool to have like uh an int barbarian right. or a, a strength, strength barbarian. barbarian kind of thing. Me too. I love that. Because the thing with int, I my current group, no one put anything in the int. I'm like, your investigations are gonna suck. <laughs> like that was, <laughs> you know, I thought of it from that part. You need someone that plays that role. Yeah. It, and you have wizards and artificers but most other things unless some sorcerers will give their guys int but yeah it's always it's always interesting i had a kid that he built a rogue and he gave his worst stat dex and he gave his best stat int and it's because he wasn't listening to me when i said okay. yeah <laughs> and i was i was running his game because they had a kid that was uh you know not necessarily listening to them and <laughs> He, I was like, okay, so roll, you're gonna have stealth. He's like, yeah. I'm like, you're gonna kill this. I go, what? he goes, what's your stealth? Minus two. And I, I go, how? <laughs> and it was the best rogue ever. I'm like, you're the worst best rogue because he could investigate and find everything and move the story along. Yeah. He was yep. into the the talking part. Well, that's cool. That's cool. I, yeah. I I like that. I mean, you know, 
was Sherlock Holmes like uh, the the master of sneaking around? Well, no, he was the master of disguise. So maybe master his charisma yeah. was super right. high and his intelligence was super high, but his decks might have been like terrible. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey hands. Jr. did a, did a definitely <laughs> did it justice uh, in, yeah. in, in that uh, regard. But yeah, that movie's good. So you talked about what games are you playing? What video games are you playing right now? Uh, so just got done with uh, God of War 3 um then uh i just played a little bit uh oh god what is it called uh high on life i played a little bit of high oh, on the life. the rick and morty guy yeah, yeah the rick yeah, and morty yeah. guys uh oh gosh uh i've heard that's uh very good i've heard that's a very good game it's... i know god of war is great great story yeah god of war is a game of the century yeah uh but no the rick and morty game is like it's okay it's it's, okay. it's like it's playable to the end. Yeah. It's it's if it, if I can finish a game, then it's That's good. Okay. It's like, it's good. okay. Right. Right. It's if, not gonna blow if, your socks off. It's not yeah. like this amazing narrative. It's more Rick and Morty. You know what you're getting, and if you like that, that's okay. And if you yeah, exactly right, right. If you enjoy good gameplay, that's what I I pick up on it too. It's the see that's the thing is that it actually has like decent gameplay and like there's different mechanics for different guns and like like it's decent. Like I said, yeah. gameplay wise, so you know. How how often do you pull from video games into your D and D sessions? I'm gonna make this mini game because I'm no gonna tell idea. you, I, it's a, it's like I'm a huge JRPG guy, right? So okay. I, I played those for years, and for me, everything's like, okay, how did Final Fantasy VI do? It? And that's how, or, you know, I want me, I, I I pull a lot of references from that. We yeah. have a new in our Icewind Dale run that we're doing. I because I like to home, homebrew is something we definitely need to talk about too. I made a whole series of gems, kind of like World of Warcraft, jewel crafting, for them to upgrade their weapons. Because when you look at Icewind Dale, there's not there is a treasure thing, but there's not really a lot of amazing items. There's some that are really great in there. <laughs> let me let me tell you, I literally made. 32 magical items and put it up on the dms guild specifically for icewind dale <laughs> like because Good there just wasn't Thanks. very much <laughs> no so i made like a list of jewels and a jewel can give you if you spend a thousand gold it's um, a plus four fire damage to your sword nice right? okay. you can sock it and if oh you... it's like uh the new final fantasy with the socket system yeah it's, final it's a materia yeah it's totally yes it's exactly that and you can do some other things and that's like an homage to the games too i always pull from that um we're also doing a the the ranger in the group he wanted his he's like well can i use my pet i'm like we don't get it to level three they're starting at level one Mm -hmm. and i go because he he's my neighbor he has actual ducks he has pet ducks and they're ducks that don't quack they're really big they're very smart and like dogs and his pet is a duck and we said he's like can i say well how can i use him because he's kind of like a big part of my story he's going to be with me i go I'll make you a random duck table, like the random goose game, and you can play on the odds. And it's been, it's my favorite thing. Like everybody like went right to the, the duck was the star of the show. All my friends are dumb. You know, like, oh, you know how many times animal, oh God, when you bring an animal into a game, they become the center focal point of like every conversation. Yes. Well, this like, oh, this is great. That's, this is what's happening. But what's the pig doing this whole right. time? Like, you know, right. what what's the pig been doing? It's like, I don't know. He's over there eating scraps or something. <laughs> right. I don't. It's the same with characters, like who they like to lob onto. I just now I go, I need a person that does this. I throw people into the like room and whoever they pick and they like, I'm like, that's the person now. Like I need them to lead them somehow. Cause I got tired of being like this guy and your head is a DM. You have this fantasy that the players are going to know exactly like, Oh, you want to talk to this player? No, they want to talk to the turtle bard that's just supposed to be playing the piano. <laughs> And they want to bring him on an adventure. And he has a whole backstory. <laughs> or they're going to start a band. Like, yeah. you don't know. Dude, you don't know. Right. No, we had a Haragon that they really liked that was, like, selling them items and was hooking them up. And I knew a big attack was coming. And I go, hey, can you roll something? And he rolled a two. And I go, a giant boulder falls on him, and he's dead. Like, I was like, <laughs> I knew where it's going. So now it's almost comical that if they like something – you, as a DM, sometimes you know you gotta draw some boundaries. Box fall, everybody dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, everybody. How how many times in those like professional gaming groups have you dealt with the TKP? TPK. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Um. Let's step I mean, my all. Um, all truth be told, in the twenty years that I've been gaming, twenty twenty years plus, 
I've never had a TPK. Whoa. I have never had a TPK. Um, as a player and a DM. Uh, as a player, I <laughs> hold on. You've had players die, <laughs> hold on, right? Hold on. Well, yes, that yeah. that, that I have. Okay. As a player, there was one game that we nearly TPK'd, but thanks to a, a generous DM and a hell of a lucky roll, uh, we were able to pull through somehow. Um, that, so you, you give a Hail Mary when it's been a long game. You're like, okay. You have no idea. So if you don't mind, uh, like a quick story time. No, I want, that's what you're here okay. for. Tell me all your stories. I'm, so, I'm just like, Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. One of my favorite stories ever in D and D uh, was literally a three-person game. It was a DM and one one of my other buddies that we were playing as players, um, and uh, we we were playing for probably I think five, maybe six weeks, um, and trying to kind of go go through this campaign and everything like that. Um, and uh, we found out that one of my buddies that was in the group, the other player that was in the group. Um, he was moving away. And so we only had this one last game to play. And so we got to, uh, we were able to basically kind of jump ahead in the story. So that way we can kind of get to where like the good stuff or like the, the meat and potatoes of the, the actual story were. Um, and we had to fight a dragon. And uh, it was just me and this other dude. <laughs> so it's two people fighting this dragon. Uh, I was a... Um, uh, a death, not a death cleric, uh, a grave, a cleric of the grave. Okay. Um, and he was a barbarian. Um, and uh, we fought and fought and fought until finally uh, we both got hit by a breath weapon at the same. No, I, I lied. I lied. He went down and then I got hit with a breath weapon that was going to take me down because I was on my way to go resurrect him because I had range right. spare the dying. Uh, if you aren't familiar with that, that basically means that I can stop him from dying at least right. until I get there. Thank um, you. And pl- tell listeners, because we always, I want to welcome anybody new and somebody that doesn't know or is too scared to ask. Yeah, for sure. There, yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so, yeah, so basically, subclass. instead of him dying on the ground, I, I can like stabilize him until I can run over there and give him a little bit of a helo. Um, so I was on my way to do that. Uh, and the dragon hit me with a breath weapon that literally just demolished me and took me down mm. so two unconscious players that's it that's the tpk we die right right well it was the last game like it would that was it it would have ended on a tpk so and we were just kind of very bummed. poetic the dice tell the story yeah <laughs> we were kind of bummed and we were like i don't know man like do we end on a tpk i was like what can we do i mean like the rules are the rules like we died man right and my dm was like look it's our last game. If you can somehow roll a natural 20. Religion check. Pray to your God, right? I'll, you let, give you, I'll let you get back up with one HP. Okay. And I'm like, okay. I mean, obviously, that's wi- it's within the rule set is if you roll a natural 20, you get back up with one right, HP. Right, 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 right. But you I was dead. <laughs> oh, you got demolished. We were you dead. went to negative. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, for and, those that don't know, if you go to the negative amount of your HP, that is instant death, too. Right, exactly. Um, and so, uh, uh, anyways, so he, he was like, you know, roll the natural 20, and we'll, we'll you can get back up. And we're both just like, come on, come on. And so I'm all, all right, let's do this thing. Oh, yes. All right, pull it in, got the dice. I'm blowing on the dice. I, like, run into the kitchen, make my wife blow on the dice, and I'm like... <laughs> You got to blow on the dice. We got this. We got this. And I roll it. And it's a natural freaking 20. Beautiful. And I we did like the whole Super Bowl scream. Ah, I was running around the house. Nice. People yeah. were celebrating. Like I was kissing babies. Like it was, that was the, <laughs> the uh, end all be all. Because not only was that the ability or like the opportunity to get up with one HP, I was able to resurrect my friend right then and there during the fight. We literally finished the fight and beat the dragon there you go. at the very end of it because of it. And that story I will remember for the ent- yeah, my entire life. That made that's that's the moments. That's why you play D and D for the storytelling, right? Yeah, yeah. My player, like they haven't had a moment like that. The most random thing when someone's like, "Okay, I want to do this." I did a snowboarding mini game 
And they're like, I want to do this trick. And he had a cat in his backpack. And the cat is going to hold the snowboard and do a 360. <laughs> he says all this stuff. And I'm like, you know it's going to need to be a nat 20. Nat 20! He's just like, you do it. That's fine. And everyone's just die. You know, like, I, it's never been uh, some tense moments yet. Um, but I, I, I always want to be curious with T, TBKs. Um, and the options because players need to know like you can get resurrected you can go find a druid there's storytelling the thing for me how much is it for you when you like personally it sounds like you like to have a really strong narrative for your group and then the mechanics are fun but i'm sure you run into groups that are like i just want to crunch numbers and kill things right in your dming or is it people want a story driven what do you think it's more of so i mean for me like uh, my players know what they're getting when they when they get into my game like they right. know that they're gonna get like a deep story um i i i so not only was i i doing the whole D D thing but before i got into like really professionally dming i did voice acting for a right while. actually i was gonna pull up your website real quick here yeah so i mean i i've done voice acting and i i've i help people with voice acting and stuff like that so um there is uh some really awesome opportunities that I've had that allow me to to really kind of, I guess, I don't know how to say it, like basically uh, hone my craft, if you will, and yeah. become that dungeon master that really brings the games to life. And so that to me is one of my selling points is to be able to say like, you know, I can really truly bring these characters to life because I can treat each one differently. You can, you're gonna, your brain is gonna, like you're gonna assume this person's talking because that's how it sounds that kind of thing um right. so i give them that role play experience but um the thing about me whenever i play is that uh yes we play a lot of role play and stuff like that but uh combat is pretty serious like it, it just is like i we have all this role play in the world and stuff like that but you need to understand and realize that uh you also need to know how to fight <laughs> right you have to respect the mechanics of the game exactly and you want to build that because that's it's part of it too for me the video games are the big influence but i've found so i'm your personal game is that based on a DD world or is that your own homebrewed world everything is you guys the one how, i'm currently in the one yeah I'm you're the one with your buddies yeah so the one with my buddies now we're actually playing i think we're just playing another deep game okay yeah and you jump around from that Are, yeah. do you like a module versus that or have you done a created like this is we're doing everything and this oh is yeah hard. uh my okay. <laughs> my first like jump into dming like when i first started dming um i said i'm gonna screw it i'm gonna i'm gonna do my own thing and i'm right. gonna make my own i made my own world uh shiradar I, I i made shiradar and i had like my entire map i had like a giant world map i had a, con a continental map and everything like that that had all the locations i i wrote out all the different cities and like the populations and what's going on i wrote out mini quests for every single city like yeah. whenever they approach and get there um I, I tried to essentially like I tried to create Skyrim for like, right. you know, uh, for a TTRPG. So that way there is a main quest going on. There's a big thing going on. But if they uh, reach a certain point, like in a city or a town or something like that, they're going to have people that can ask them for favors or they can be like, hey, you know, your adventures, you, you guys are known far and wide because of all the stuff you've been doing. You know, I've got this thing or, you know, there's been this thing going on. Why don't you? can you help us out while you're here right that kind of thing so i mean I, i'm i'm i did homebrew the hell out of that place that, that's i think the best way for people to do it first because then you kind of can you give yourself the leeway to learn the rules right and make mistakes and oh yeah yeah the thing is is so yes and no right. <laughs> and the reason is um one shots a, are good too like get, grab a couple a good one way shots. to start if you're it, like a very like a really creative person like i mean like true. creative creative true, true true um but if you're kind of struggling with the creative aspect of it and you kind of just want to run the game to make sure that you're doing it right and stuff like that i would suggest either doing a module or a one shot yeah, that are pre-written that you get the understanding and everything like that to me when i created my world it was just something that i just like was like what if this like what yeah, if this right. though what if this and it kind of only what like came to me because I was like watching a ton of uh shows about D and I had a ton of spare time because yeah. I was 
uh, unemployed. I had just I had just quit the the military or got out of the military, and um, and so like I just had a bunch of extra time on my hands. So I was like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna build this world. I'm gonna write this yeah. world. So I had tons of time to research. I had um, tons of time to kind of and you know pulling from other people's uh, stuff like using. For instance, I would I would go to DMs Guild and like yeah. look up a, uh, a quest some, to, somebody's yeah. quest that they've created. I'm gonna like okay, I'm gonna stick that into my world, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tweak it to make, make it, it my like, own. Yeah, bit. to make it seem like it actually fits in, right? Right. I'm not gonna take this time wizard's dungeon and place it in the middle of a field, you know? Right. Well, that's the whole thing, right? Like the other joke is DM like, okay, time to sit and take all the greatest works I know and plagiarize like I've never plagiarized <laughs> yep, before. Exactly. You know? Um, yes because everybody can and reference do that. something do you can, that you can make do it you can make it unique to yours even if you do something really unique your players will go oh it's this they'll make a reference to something you can be like yeah it is kind of like that isn't it oh well that's the thing if i ever if i ever do that or if i pull from it they i they will 100 know that's uh -huh. where i'm getting it from um, and then like, obviously if they call me out on it or if they, they try to do the thing that they did in the movie or whatever, I usually give them inspiration or yeah, I'm like, yeah. you know, that that's, that's exactly what I was aiming well, for I, here. I did a time skip and they're like, oh, this is like in game. I'm like, no, this is like every anime ever guys. The time, <laughs> time skips are a plot device. It's not, not everything's in game. Um, and then I did a thing, which definitely was inspired from Harry Potter, where there's a character they've been running into. And his name was this thing, the person you look for, it was his name, the anagram of his name. And they go, you Tom riddled us. I go, I did. <laughs> and I was so excited about it because I had set it up for six months. Right. And I'm just yeah. waiting. Cause yeah. that's the other thing too. It chess in a way. I tell me if you feel like this, where the DM has to have some steps to set them up for big things. If you want a story, cause your players don't. Okay. Tell me if you believe in this philosophy. Your players, the world's cool and important to them, but they care about their character story. And when you make your campaigns about their character story, they're way more engaged. It's way more fun for everybody. That's what that's what people want. Okay? I absolutely, yeah, I absolutely think that um, the longer the campaign, the more invested they're going to be in their characters right. versus the story. Like the story is going to be great. Don't get me wrong. But if you're running a shorter campaign, let's say yeah. a four or five, then the story takes precedence and your characters are just there kind of like doing the thing. Right. Um, but the longer it is, I honestly think that's where you're going to get like people that are truly, truly invested in what they've created. And, and, and I mean, baby for, for so right. long, that's their, that's their, their child. That's their, you know, what, what they've created. What'd you say your longest game was? How many years? Longest game. Oh yeah. gosh. I guess maybe we didn't ask that. Yeah. No. What's uh longest running game would would have been like my my original game well not my original game but the game right after that that's um where i played it all online after i had joined the military i would say probably like probably like five or six years and do you still talk to that group is that like oh a, yeah i mean yeah, they're right? like my at home like good friends that's like, your so even though we're not playing group. yeah even though we're not playing we you know we still chat and talk yeah 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 yeah, that's the thing. That's it's the beauty of the game. Uh, that they, if you really get a good group, right? The group dynamic super important. Knowing like toxic behaviors and what works and doesn't work. As a oh, GM yeah. too. Okay, here's something that I always get worried about. Hi Ash, is being called a railroad DM. Mm. And I think people throw that around. There are like I've heard the horror stories. What's the YouTube channel where he's a crab? And he reads the horror stories. <laughs> God, yeah, the one yeah, that just I, reads Reddit. Root, yeah, root he reads Reddit. Brilliant idea. I was like, dang, he took it. And he has good animations. Um, of just wild people, right? That are the worst. And But I think to me, a railroad DM would be like, you can never tell a player what to say, right? But for if people that like story and structure, you have to have some type of spine for them. Crit Crab, thank you, Linda. Crit Crab is I, I enjoy like every once in a while I'll watch a Crit Crab video and be like, oh my god. But <laughs> um, you know, I think how do you ever find that yourself like you don't want to railroad, you can't railroad, but you have to get them to this spot, right? Yeah, so there's oh, some yeah. type of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I mean, this is coming from somebody who I run modules professionally right um and modules are There's pretty railroady i yeah. mean you gotta you have to get from point a to point b um, right and if you're gonna get from point a to point b 
you need to be able to control those, you know, herding cats is what they always say, right? You need to be able to herd the cats to the destination. And I think a good DM can hide the fact that they're railroading them without railroading them, like right. straight up, like telling them what to do. Um, and, and you can absolutely guide the players in a general direction yeah. versus, you know, like, this is what you need to accomplish. Um, again, again, setting expectations before the yes. game starts yeah. is the most important thing you can do right. because you can start by saying, guys, do whatever you want. I right. don't care. Some people do that. Play right? the and game. Then you just like go. live in the world. Go for it. Ride the thing. Right. Punch we're gonna the play guys. with our eyes Feel closed. The stuff. Use our imaginations. I'm not gonna have yeah. maps because we're gonna set that but up if down you, the line. Yeah. If you come in with the expectation that there is a thing in the world that is happening, and even though your characters might not know it yet, they will be the heroes of legend. Right. Right. And they need to somehow get to that point so if i give you a hint or if i tell you something is happening or whatever whatever even though you might want want to in the instance or in the moment that's fine but it should be like eating at your 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 thought to be like there's this overlooming thing that's happening we need to accomplish this thing or we need to do something about it right and that's where that heroic story comes from and, and that's where like you're able to railroad without railroading because they know that there's eventually a situation or a place they need to go to to move the story along right i i fully agree i think it, it's also like the group needs to know, like yeah i think there's a storyline like people have to understand what railroading truly is like railroading is is them like no i don't like the outcome like don't don't call a gm that unless they're really screwed oh for over, sure i right? mean literally the only way i can think of somebody actually railroading somebody if it's the player says yeah. hey can i open that door and you're just like no yeah okay can, can i try. go over there no yeah yeah for me it's like yeah you can try it's locked what are you gonna do like give me a creative thing yeah look for more creativity and then we can still bring it back around to the story. Yeah, the modules, because this is, I, I, my first game is a homebrew, like, it's all me, right? And I yeah. took Eberron uh, as the background, but I, it, it's been destroyed by meteors, so it's very different now. <laughs> um, they made some very bad choices, the group. Uh, and I'm doing the Icewind Dale thing, but I feel like with those modules, when you run those, for a new group, do you give them everything? Like, oh, there's 10 quests or whatever they pick to first, you try to get everybody to that quest. Like, what's your advice for people running a module? So I do things a little bit different when running a module. I like to create a like a custom intro mm -hmm. for basically every character. Um, don't get me wrong. I love the, you know, we all meet in a tavern trope for like shorter games because it's like you know you got to yeah. get them together and they got to do yeah. the thing yeah um you know that's fine we met in a tavern we in ice <laughs> yeah. but yeah it's, it's um, the and, standard. you know and and it's a trope for a reason right. it's because it's it works and it's good it's yeah. not like a trope for oh it's 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 crappy you know you don't, right, we, right, we, right, we don't right, do right. that um but no anyways yeah for for instance like with rhyme of the frost maiden i had a what i called a 0.5 session with every one of the characters. And I literally had a one-on-one D&D session with them. Mm. Um, and I ran them through kind of like where, I basically said, where are you? Place your character in the world. Place your character in the world for me. In this location, obviously, giving them right. a spot. Place them in the world for me. And I'm going to write you a way to get you from here to where you are all going to eventually meet up at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, got, like, I had people coming from, like, the wastelands. I had people that lived in certain parts of the towns. I had people that, uh, like, were desperate for money. I had someone that was, like, uh, being, like, uh, haunted and chased in their dreams. And, like, they had a vision to, like, go to a certain location or, like, you know, find a certain thing that might help them. Um, but eventually, they all met up at a blacksmith, like. Right. Uh, because they all, for different reasons, some of them were getting paid from the blacksmith because they worked for him. Some of them had a vision. Some of them were like passing by. Like right. it was, it was a bunch of stuff. 
And it's always good to show. That's great. And that's the thing. The players, we set those expectations. Like, hey, they, they, it's give and take. Like, you want to do this with a character. Okay. Like, a good group, too, will take suggestions. When we were doing the Icewind Dale, my one, the, the rogue of our group was like, yeah, I think I'm going to be a deep gnome. And he wanted to play this really cool character. And he, my friend, Sean, shout out to Sean if you're watching. He <laughs> always goes for the joke. Name dropping. He, name dropping. he always goes for the joke. And I was like, you want to play a really cool character. Like, don't be a gnome for the joke because you're little like be something he's like i think i'm gonna be a seal if i go rad do it he's like they have cold resistant too i was like excellent perfect phrase from deal yeah and it made the character cool but it's like you have that conversation like i think this would be cool if you did this like it's like playing instruments together too like oh you know hey have you tried this or what do you guys want from me to feedback so the feedback loop's really important to D D. yeah because it's it's like a, it's a you want everybody everybody's given up their time and everybody wants to be in sync to have a good time yeah and i i, I love that I, I i dice cream sandwich had this one idea for a starting where you start out dead everyone's dead and you talk and a necromancer has summoned you and you're basically it's suicide squad see again <laughs> like i'm talking about right the reference right yeah you're exactly. all bad you might have been bad guys no it's funny it's and it's even funnier when you get called out on it because yeah. it's it's like ah oh, dang uh, i thought i was high you just, yeah you just <laughs> yeah, own it, it too be like yes and you move on you know yeah yeah so, come on we're all here like simpsons did it guy like you know, <laughs> exactly you know, it's been done that's the thing it doesn't matter how original your thought might you might think your thought is mm-hmm. you we're, we're in the year 2023 okay your thought has been thought like five billion times mm-hmm. before this like mm-hmm. don't even think about it but you mm-hmm. might be presenting it to people who have never heard about it so go for it well, I think to wrap up our show, I, something that I always give thought to, and I love this conversation with D&D fans, and you're a Lord of the Rings fan. Yep. What class is Gandalf in your mind? What class is Gandalf? I don't think he's a wizard. Like, I had this whole thing. I'm like, he's not a wizard. And kids, okay. people are like, what? No. Okay. No, he is a wizard. Jeez. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, I would say that Gandalf is definitely part fighter um he uses the sword right he's he's using a staff and a sword mm-hmm. in in like combination uh riding a horse constantly uh you know proficiency in like cavalier riding a horse kind of thing uh so part fighter maybe oh man part I want to say wizard but like is it wizard he doesn't have a, he doesn't study he doesn't sorcerer study. He's a sort. I I would actually even argue the there's a hexblade warlock. Hexblade warlock. <laughs> yeah. You Who's can, the patron though? Who's the, the patron? The, the the eagles. The eagles. The the birds. I can't think of the name of it. I'm so yeah. bad. I love the thing because he's the only one. They I know the the in the summer really and they talk about they hate people riding on them. So the fact that he did that, he's got some type of pact with them. Or there's the celestial some kind of connection I, with the celestial. Yeah, he's a celestial too. He's not yeah. a human. Right. Exactly. That's the other thing. So there's all these discussions. It's my favorite. I could also make the argument he's a paladin. And I would uh, do the first thing. The <laughs> yeah. first thing I was thinking was paladin. But I'm like, oh, God, he doesn't really ever wear armor. He doesn't ever wear it like the branding smite when he's in the cave. That sword well, goes on. Yeah, for sure. It does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Green, green flame blade. Kind of mm-hmm. like that again. That could be a, the hex warlock. He yeah. could be like a combo warlock paladin. He he's definitely a multi class. Oh, one hundred percent a multi class. <laughs> Absolutely a multi class. Yes. And if you're ever wondering about should I multi, yes, do it. It's really <laughs> everyone should multi task. Just just don't do the like. Uh, oh God, what's his name? Oh man, what's his name on YouTube? Uh, the one who did like a million different multi classes and made it funny and drew it all out. Um. God, it's what? it's like it's on the tip of my tongue. But anyways, he yeah. made like a character that has like yeah, that has like ten multi classes and stuff like that. Absurd is his name. The the character's name okay. is absurd. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyways, don't be like that because <laughs> like honestly, at that point, you're just like running around as a level two character around like level like fifteen twenty characters. Yes, you only can get so much of that class as much as you put into it. So right. Right. And own your class and own your character. Well, I, I'm glad we had this talk. Now everyone else can be wondering or who if you're listening or arguing, no, Gandalf's this. Someone <laughs> some people are really thinking about it, and we probably pissed some people off and they're like, No, you guys are wrong. 
I'm telling um, you that dual wielding like sword staff kind of thing that that sets you off, and of course yeah. magic wielding while doing that. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and you know, and there's He's got a warcaster in there somewhere, right? And <laughs> when he becomes white, I think he becomes the paladin because he's taken the oath too. Right? I can see that. I yeah. can see that. I, I love that. It's one of my favorite. Like, hey, let's have a fun convo here. And I had a lot of fun conversations with you tonight, Dan. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where Thanks can for having me. people find you or where can they get more of you? Well, if you want more of me, which I don't know why you would want that, uh, <laughs> you could find me online basically everywhere uh, at that one fun. So NAT, the number one, and then F U N. Um, and uh, mostly on Twitter. I mean, you could see that uh, my Twitter is probably the more active thing. Uh, unfortunately, I've been sick for like the past like three or four yeah, weeks. Yeah, I'm so sorry you got hit by that. With You got the ear infections, right? The really bad ones, right? Yeah everything i i you know sorry content warning but i was like literally bleeding from my ear like there was i had like an earache and then it turned into an ear infection and then yeah. it blew out my eardrum and then like <laughs> there was and then before that i was sick with like covid and the flu I, it was terrible terrible yeah. terrible oh well i'm glad you're okay recovering and, now not very yeah. much content right now um but i mean i like you were saying before I, i'm working on the johnny stanton project um i have uh I have stuff going with like um, my my Nat One Fun show that I'm going to be bringing back in February uh, called Running Fay Wild, um, where it's a, a an actual play of um, uh, oh my gosh uh, the fun one that's also fun uh, the Fay Wild one? Beyond the Witchlight the Wild Beyond the Witchlight yeah I was going to say Wild Beyond the Witchlight so it's a Wild Beyond the Witchlight campaign but it's 100% turned on its head uh, it's an Izakai like yes uh, and it does not take itself seriously at all one kudos to you inspiration i'm giving you for making an anime reference so <laughs> so I yeah salute you. um it's it's absolutely a an off the walls bonkers show if you like that kind of stuff then you're gonna love this uh we have an amazing cast uh you should check it out but um that's coming in february and i got a lot of stuff coming on youtube and stuff like that too uh i've been trying to really make more <laughs> videos but it's just honestly i've been too sick recently to, yeah. to do that so um but yeah you can find me online that one yeah. fun check me out everywhere and you can find all of those things in the description below for those of you listening to the audio version uh if you like what you heard or you have questions you can also click those links to follow us uh, we're on underpowered tv at twitch we have underpowered is the main channel we do video games we do pokemon trading cards card games um but this is just dice night we did our first thing of icewind dale second part the continuation of the actual play is going to be february 4th so if you want to come watch that live or if you just want to listen the, the audio version you get a little bit you get a week after and it's cleaned up for you if you like the, the hear the the play of it all and dan again thank you so much and if you ever need a player just <laughs> i'm 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 on the bench coach put me in give me <laughs> a chance you got it all right all right everybody have a good night Dan, that was awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, I think we're We're, still live. (laughs) I hit the end button.